thank you for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we pray big prayers to a big God and we expect big results. If you have any questions or you want to find out about who we are, visit us online at victory.church or download our mobile app. Now, let's check out today's message. Well, good morning, Victory Church. I'd like to say good morning and welcome to all the viewers online. And today, first off, my name is Joey Chapel. I'm associate pastor of Next Step. I'm also the director of facilities. And God has blessed me and a friend of mine, Eric Starnes, with a nonprofit called Open Vessels. Now, you heard what John said. He said, y'all got to cheer for me. All right? So it's his words, you know. But today we're going to be uh, coming out of Ephesians 1, chapter, or chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. We're going to be coming out of the Amplified Version. My focus is going to be on verses 15 and 16. And it says, for this reason, um, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Now, I find this a little fascinating because, I mean, I know how word gets around nowadays. we got social media and everything. But back then, they didn't have the Instagram. They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have TikTok. They didn't even have the old rotary phones. Young ones, you'll have to get somebody who's got gray hair like me to know what they're talking about. But anyway, you know, uh, Paul is writing. He's talking about he's thanking and he's grateful for their for, the, for their faithfulness in the Lord Jesus and their love for all God's people. And to me, the way that this has to happen, it has to happen by word of mouth. It has to happen by people, eyewitnesses, who had either seen Jesus, heard Jesus, or heard of the apostles, or even Paul as his, through his many ministry journeys. That's the only way it could have happened. And then when they heard about it, they went around spreading it also. But it, the second thing, it really, as I read this, for the reasons ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I'm going to be honest with y'all. To me, this is very encouraging because to me, he's talking about y'all. He's talking about y'all because your faithfulness, as we've seen on the screen, of all you volunteers that hooked up with City Center for Christmas Outreach. You sacrificed your time. People seen, they heard about the faith of the, the people at Victory, but then they got to see it in action. And when they seen it in action, that gave them hope. So y'all are spreading, we had a shirt called Hope Dealers. Y'all are some hope dealers. You're spreading hope all around War Acres and all over, but not even just that, through your tithes and your offerings and your giving. There's people in Columbia being affected. There's people in Haiti being affected. There's people in Lesotho, South Africa, who happens to be Victory Lesotho, that are hearing the good news of Jesus Christ and their faithfulness and their love through action. So as it says in Romans 1.8, Paul says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because of the news of your faith is being reported in all the world. Reported means people are talking about it. And what they have heard and seen, people are talking about what they are hearing, what y'all are doing. You know, there's, I have a, a little bit better of an illustration. Now, I know this is going to be very, very hard for y'all to believe. 
But at one point in time, I didn't make very good decisions, so I asked the state of Oklahoma to reserve me bed space because I needed housing in their wonderful correctional institution. And it was there that I had two major requests from God. One, I wanted my faith to be restored. I wanted that relationship with God. I wanted to restore that. Secondly, I wanted to restore my relationship with my family and my children. I kind of get a little emotional when I talk about my kids, kind of like John. He taught me that. So, <laughs> so I, I started out doing that, and God was faithful. He placed a man in my path named Ron Roscom, And Ron Roscom began teaching me how to accept forgiveness and how to give forgiveness and how to walk in faith. You know, the word says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Well, you know, for a guy who really made a bunch of good choices, that was a little hard, but he kept, he worked with me. He was consistent, and he was faithful, and he walked his faith out through his love. Because believe it or not, there's some guys in prison that aren't very lovable. Go figure. But at that time, he showed me that he loved all the guys the same. And then when I was, when I was discharged from the wonderful state of Oklahoma, I had a brother that showed me... He first, he told me about this place called Victory Church, and he told me how everybody was accepting. And now, for some reason in my crazy brain, I didn't think anybody would accept me because I was in prison, hence my brother, who's been in prison too. Now, go figure, an older brother setting a bad example for a younger brother. But anyhow, he brought me here, and it was your love, your faith in action that showed me. There is a lady named Mama Lou. I don't know if you all are Mary Lou Copen. Yes, thank you. Give her an applause because she it was a Wednesday night, December 24th. I was released from prison December 24th, 2008. It was a Wednesday night here. My brother Jed brought me to this church, and I thought the walls are going to fall down. Mama Lou loved me for who I was. Miss Jackie Parker was running around here taking care of production things, doing everything. But she took the time to say hello. Now, at first I thought it was because I was Jed's brother. But now as I get to know her, no, it's not. It's because it's her love for Jesus Christ and her faith and her love in action. That's why. That's it. I exactly. Give her an applause because she is an amazing anointed woman of God. And I'll tell you what, she could probably whoop me too. So definitely give her applause. But anyways, you know, it's, it's amazing to me how much y'all love people and you're giving, how much it's changed this world and continues to change it. So I want to encourage you, don't stop doing good. Don't stop. Continue to do what you're doing. And um, that's why I remember you always in my prayers. But here's what I want you to really know. There are people out there whose lives are going to be changed by your words, just like mine was. There's people out there whose lives are going to be changed by what they see in you, but more Oh, more so importantly, there's people out there whose lives are going to be changed because who they see in you. And that's Jesus Christ, Victory Church. Come on. So I want to encourage you. Let us not grow weary of doing good and increasing our faith. Let us continue to live a life of love for one another and grow in wisdom and the gifts of the Spirit. And right now, I would, it is my honor to introduce you to Pastor John, a man that I respect highly and who's one of my mentors. Give it up for Pastor John, please. Well, good morning, church. It's uh, 
Always a pleasure to be able to stand behind this, uh, start to say podium behind this little bistro table. And uh, I always enjoy that. Uh, so good to be here. Glad you're here on this last Sunday of uh, 2020. Let me, uh, let me read a scripture here. My assignment is to comment on verse 17 of Ephesians chapter 1. It says, I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Then in parentheses, as you can see on the screen, it says that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him. For we know the Father through the Son. I love the book of Ephesians. Um, some have said that the book of Ephesians is possibly Paul's greatest and richest of all of his writings, and, and I would agree with that. Um, I, I really believe that in the book he is endeavoring to explain to the church at Ephesus, which was his greatest church out of all the churches and endured many, many years because John wrote about it in uh, Revelation chapter 1. I believe he was really trying to get them to understand Christ's work, the depth and the revelation of what Christ did. So let me kind of cut real quick to the chase of what I think Paul was trying to say in this scripture that I just read. Now put your seatbelt on because I want to say something that may sound a little stark and you may cock your head a little bit like, ah, oh, all right? So here, here's what I think Paul was trying to say and here's what I believe. Without Paul's understanding of the work of Christ, we would only have a gospel of forgiveness. And that would stop right there. Because he takes the work of Christ, slices, dices, digs into the Old Testament, and helps us to really understand the depth of what God did at Calvary. Amen? Now, of course forgiveness is good. Of course forgiveness is needed, but if that's all we have, then we're still stuck in our sin. We get forgiveness, and nah, you know, don't have any power against it. You're right back in it the next day or the next week or the next month. But Jesus did a lot more than offer forgiveness of sin. And Paul, in all of his writings, explains the deep, deep work of Christ. Amen? Amen. So he says he shares many things. Let me just read you a couple of, of, couple of scriptures to kind of give you a feel for this. Here's what he says. For instance, in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, he says, You have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness. How? Through the work of Christ. You have been delivered from the rule of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. You're no longer under the devil's domain. You see that? It's more than forgiveness. He translates us to a different king before we, Satan was our king, right? And he just goes on and on. I'm, I'm, I'm looking and thinking of all the things through uh, the scriptures that Paul says. He's given us a gift of right standing with God. We have access to the throne. You don't have to take a number and wait in line to talk to God. Did you know that? 
We have access. All of these things Paul is explaining. He says we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. He also says you are gifted. God has given you gifts, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 12, and then also in Romans chapter 9. And on and on, as you read Paul's epistles, he, he gives us this idea that we have all of these things in him. You're victorious. No weapon formed against you will prosper. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, all spiritual blessings, every spiritual blessing. You are chosen. Did you know that? God knew you'd be here in 2020, he chose you. He called you. And I'm, uh, I, I don't want to, I'm kind of getting on some of Adam's stuff here. Let me, let me be careful with that. Amen. So you see, when Paul was praying that you and the Ephesians and us who would be 2,000 years later, he was saying, I am, I am praying that you will have a spirit of understanding of the deep work of Calvary. Does that make sense? You see, forgiveness is the beginning point. If that's all you know, well, I'll let you fill in the blank. That's the starting point. It's the starting point. Now, let me give you a, kind of a hypothetical example here, and I'll hurry with this. But uh, let's say we're going to go buy a truck, okay? And I, this is hypothetical. I'm kind of being a little facetious and kind of hyping this over a little bit. But we walk into the, you know, the dealership and we meet a, a representative and he takes us to his office and, he's, and we tell him, I want to buy a truck. He says, okay, tell me what type of wheels and tires you want on that truck. And I'm like, "Real wheels and tires? I didn't know I had a choice. Really? So I get to choose. I get to things all, take all the things that are offered. He says, what color you want? I'm like, I didn't know I had a choice. What colors are my options? What have you provided for me? Right? Okay, now let's talk about the interior of that truck. And I got to hurry. You get my jest? All of these things that the person didn't know was offered to them. This is a picture of our ignorance. Sometimes me, I'm not talking just to you, me and you. It's our ignorance of what Christ bought for us. Amen. God has provided. Amen. Well, got to stop. Not doing too bad this morning. <laughs> All right, I'm going to turn it over to, uh, to Kevin. Uh, all of you know Kevin here. He's our worship, new worship leader, doing a super job. I want him just to pick up the next scripture and run with it. Amen, amen, amen. Church, can you put your hands together for Pastor John and giving us that amazing insight into the Word of God? Amen. Once again, my name is uh, Kevin Daniels. I get the privilege and honor to serve as the worship pastor at Victory OKC. Amen. I love it. And I love worshiping with you each and every Sunday. It's such a joy. But I'm going to jump straight in. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 through 19. And it says this. And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened, flooded with light by the Holy Spirit, so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, confident expectation to which he has called you. 
the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people, so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power is in us who believe. Amen? That's a beautiful, that's, I love the way Paul prays that. But one thing about this scripture that's very interesting to me is that Paul uses an unfamiliar and uncommon term. He says, the eyes of your heart enlightened. Now, church, I went to school, I graduated, and my heart does not have eyes. That's the truth. It doesn't. It doesn't. But as you, as you dig deeper, you can recognize that Paul wants us to have a full comprehensive understanding, not just the basic knowledge of what the hope is, but he wants us to know it deeply. He wants us to really, really dive into it because as Pastor John was talking, he wants us to get rid of that ignorance. He, want, he really wants us to dive into the word of God. And so he wants us to have a moral susceptibility and warmth. Paul wants us to have a deeper understanding of three important things. The first is this, the hope to which he has called you to cherish. This is an expectant glory that God invites each and every one of us to partake in upon his return. It's the divine guarantee and confident expectation, the way the scripture says, that shall surpass all earthly glory. Let me give you an example. Last week, I ordered something off of Amazon. And I took my money and my debit card and I paid. And after I paid for it, it said your confirmation has been approved. And they sent me some delivery instructions when to expect my package. And trust me, I was waiting on it. I was waiting on it. But un unlike the package, this hope is not something that you can buy. This hope is not something you can work for. This hope is not something you can borrow. But this hope is something that you surely can expect and be waiting on its arrival. Amen? We can be waiting on the hope, which is Christ Jesus. The second great thing about this scripture is Paul wants us to know the glorious inheritance of the saints. Now, this is something that theologians have argued and still argue to this day about. They argue whether or not we are the inheritance or is Christ our inheritance. In church, I come to tell you, and you can get excited about this, that it's all of the above. We are the inheritance of Christ Jesus, and he is our inheritance. Here's this. Paul normally speaks about the gospel as, as truths and riches. He, he, he really beefs it up and makes it really sound real beautiful in the, uh, in the New Testament. And if we are the saints and we form God's heritage, then we can confidently, with assurance, accept this glorious inheritance. But we can also walk and be the glorious inheritance. Amen? We can be the glorious inheritance. Amen? And then the final thing, and this is right here where you can shout. I told Juan earlier that this is where the organ would come out and we'd play, you know. But the last thing he wants us to know is that the immeasurable and surpassing greatness of his power. What is that power, church? That power is the same power that woke you up this morning. That's the same power that got you here on today. That's the same power that brought you through 2020 and is going to carry you through 2021. That's the same power that saved your family, that protected your children. That's the same power that picks you up when you're down, turns you around, and places your feet on a solid ground. That is the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Can somebody get excited about the power? Amen? Now, now as I close, we got to recognize this power. This is the power that was derived from Jesus and is subject to Jesus. Amen? This is the same power that gives us the hope. This is the same power 
that lets us know and, and, and comprehend the glorious inheritance of the saints. And it's that same power that lives in each and every one of us. But the tricky part is, the end of the verse says, to those who believe. Come on, can you a believer in the house? How many believe about the power of God? Amen. That power is going to carry us through 2021. So right now, without further ado, can you put your hands together for Pastor Jackie Parker? Amen. Hey. Good job. Well, good morning. Isn't this fun? Okay, so we've been keeping up with the five minutes. Y'all been doing good. Five for five minutes. I got a little extra last time, and I get a little extra this time because he didn't use all his five minutes. Yeah, so I'm Pastor Jackie Parker, and I want to brag on my God. I have been here for 26 years. And I shared this word earlier at the 9 o'clock, and I want to say it at the 11, because I think it's important. Don't ever move unless the Holy Spirit tells you to. Yes. So I've been here 26 years. I'm one of the associate pastors here. And one of the awesome jobs that I get to do is oversee uh, projects and events with other coworkers and volunteers. So you guys make my life wonderful. So thank you. So let's hop back into the last half of that scripture that Pastor Kevin left us off with because he leaves, a, uh, leaves us hanging with Believing. So Ephesians 19, going through 21. These are in accordance. He's talking about these. These are the spiritual powers that left us off in 19a of that scripture. These are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength. That's God, not ours, in and of ourselves. Uh, we are nothing. But with his mighty strength, which he produced in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Say, raised him from the dead. And then he seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Now get this, don't miss this, because we're going to unpack this here in a second. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, whether angelic or human. And it's far above every name that is named, above every title. So get that, because we won't be able to unpack that, but that's key. Above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age, and in the world, but also in the one to come. So it's very important that you understand that in this, uh, this whole scripture passage in Ephesians, it's for the church, which I think some of us have already alluded to, but it's for the believer. And what do we mean by the believer? Well, the believer is the one that's come into relationship with Jesus Christ. They've made a commitment. They've accepted the Lord. And I want to tell you here today and those watching online, if you're not that believer, if you haven't had that, had that commitment and accepted the Lord, you are in the right place at the right time, my friend. Because we're, we're sharing about our Jesus. And, and we pray that the eyes of your hearts will be open today to him because he loves you and he has a plan and a purpose and a call for you. But let's, this is to the believer. These powers are left to the believer, the spiritual powers. And I want to talk about that power for my first point. And I get to use a Greek word. Y'all get that. Pastor John, Oscar, Wade, they all get to say, 
from the Greek, so I got to say that today. And I'm excited. Y'all know y'all wanted to. Y'all know you wanted to. So, and the Greek word is called dunamis, okay, which means dynamite. Now, dynamite is powerful. It's explosive. It can do some real big damage. I've never used it before, but I've, I'm, I've witnessed it. Uh, it could do bad damage, but I believe God's dunamis power does good things in us, and I'll prove it to you here in just a moment. So that dunamis power, it's, it was perfected or produced in Christ, and it raised him from the dead. And that power is left to you, the believer. So my first point, it is the same power, say same power, that God used. Now I'm sure you're writing that down because that's important. Because y'all, you listen to, uh, you know, you listen to speakers up here, this is true. You had the same power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead and set him up on the right hand of the Father. You have that power. Yeah, that's exciting. So I have, and you know what? It's a resurrected power. Resurrection means brings from dead to life. So that resurrection power, when it comes in you, it begins to change you. I, I was reading a, a little description of Dunamis, and it said it's descriptly, it's descriptly, Descriptly, there it is, descriptly describes our God. He changes us on the inside. He changes our minds. He changes our behaviors when we allow him to. So I'm going to go on to my next point. You share in it. It says in Romans 8, 17, we are joint heirs with Jesus. So we share. Remember a minute ago when I read the, uh, the scripture uh, to, to remember this. Over all dominion, over all authority, over all power. Jesus has that. You share in it. You have dominion over this earth. You have dominion over the enemy. Pastor Kevin, Dr. John talked about it. You have power over any depression, over any oppression. Now those things come on us. You have a choice. You have a choice to live in it or say, oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. The power that raised Jesus from the dead lives and dwells in me. I've been crucified with Christ. No longer I that lives, but Christ that lives within me. And my third point is he used it. So can I. Exercise it. Exercise it. Yeah? You got to exercise to prove it, just like uh, Pastor Joey was sharing. Uh, by faith, not by sight, you got to see it. When you exercise it, people see it. Now, watch this. I was raised, by a mil uh, I was raised in a military family. My father was a master drill sergeant. Now, so let me, <laughs> John. <laughs> so I want to, first of all, give kudos to all of our servicemen and women online in the house. Thank you for your service. I love you, love you, love you. I love the military. I love all that it represents, not only our freedom, but the men and women sacrificing to give us what we have today on this earth uh, here in America. Uh, so I was raised, and what a master drill sergeant is, and I hope I get this right for you. All I know is I come from experience. And that is, um, they have their soldiers, command demands. He, he masters them, he drills them, he leads them, he charges them. And uh, demands, commands, very judgmental, criticize, you know, criticism, it all, all those kind of spirits kind of uh, all it, it, right in there. And so my father retired, and so I became, I was the last one of five siblings, and so he raised me basically. My mom was working, and so I became one of his soldiers. Now, I am very thankful for that today. I'm very disciplined, I'm very loyal, and I am thankful that God had that instilled in me, I'm very thankful. However, it be, a strength becomes a weakness. And, and here's what had happened in me. So I began to lead people, and, but in my leading, I began to hurt people. 
Now, I became, you know, I had that relationship with Jesus at 10 years old, but uh, little did I know that the, the weakness, the strengths that I had that were good began to hurt people. And so I had a loving boss that would come to me and say, hey, do you, do you realize that when you say this in that tone, this happens? This is how it's received. And people actually were leaving the church because of me. And so if you're any of those people here today, seriously, and I've never apologized for that, hear me now, I apologize if I ever hurt you in my ignorance, as Dr. John talked about. I had no idea, but the Holy Spirit opened my eyes. So if you knew me, let's say 15 years ago, and now you know me today, you see the power, that resurrected power I talked about. It has transformed me. It has. And not only me, but that's what he does in his children. That's what he wants to do. You're his workmanship. You're his masterpiece. He wants to form you and shape you into his image. And you allow him to. You share in it, and then you exercise it. And here's what I want to conclude with this. And I'm going to pass it over to our awesome children's pastor, Pastor Adam. He, the devil, is under your feet. Walk in that power and give him the boot. Amen. Pastor Adam. Well, good morning, church. My name is Adam Frederick, as she said, children's pastor here. My privilege to be here today. This is fun. You guys having a good time? It's like a, five of us up here like a team, kind of like a basketball team. The only problem with that is that one of us uh, is extremely short, <laughs> is the shape of the ball, and can't score the basketball. Maybe not the best, the best example, but we're going to continue in Ephesians 1, starting at 22 and 23. This is pretty rich stuff. Pretty, pretty heavy stuff. Uh, we're going to start at, and he, talking about God, put all things in every realm in subjection under Christ's feet. Now circle that because we're going to go back to a second. And appointed him. Who did he appoint? He appointed Jesus as supreme authority, uh, head over all things in the church. Circle that. Come back to that for a second. Which is his body? Star that because we're going to talk about that. And the full, I love this sentence, the fullness of him who fills and completes all things in all things and things in all. So powerful scripture. In the scripture alone, we have under Christ's defeat, his authority. Now that's a direct quote from Psalms 8, 6. It also alludes back to Genesis 3.15, it says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. It's also expanded on by the author in Hebrews that says, thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. Now that's talking about what some more things that are come. That's a process. We're going to talk about that in just a second as well. So we have Christ's authority, everything under his feet. We have his position, head over all things in the church. And then we have purpose, the fulfillness of him who fills and the completer of all things. Pretty powerful stuff. Here's the, here's the, here's the icing on the cake. That little phrase that says, which is his body? It's talking about us. That's right. mm -hmm. That's good. 
And it's a, great, it's a great illustration because you can't have a head without a body. You can't have a body without a head. Christ leads as the head. We are the body. And we are entitled to that authority, that position, and that purpose. Romans 8, 8 tells us that in 8.16 that we are co-heirs with Christ. This concept was blowing Paul's mind. Understand that Paul was writing this epistle from prison. Now he's in prison because of the truths that he is sharing in this, in this epistle. Paul was a Pharisee. He was a hardcore Septuagint study guy. He knew the law back and forth. He was, and those guys were all about the Old Testament, which is you are obedient first and then blessings come. And he's got this revelation that he is, that he is this uh, Ephesians is a pioneer to theologians. There's concepts that are released out here that are nowhere else in the Bible that Paul is introducing. And he sees, he sees the blessing because of Christ's obedience. And we get to partake in that. And he defines it with this one word that we've all heard that we don't fully understand. It's grace. Take grace and use the acronym. It means God's riches at Christ's expense. That's our benefit. That's our inheritance. We are in Christ. In Christ is a term that Paul uses 27 times in this epistle. He really wants us to understand what it means to be in the body of Christ. This is heavy, heavy stuff. And it was, Paul was astonished. And, and, and Jesus talks about this in, in, in Matthew eleven eleven. He talks about John the Baptist. Now think about John the Baptist. He said, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet, the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater in privilege than he is. In the body of Christ, we have greater stature and greater uh, privilege than John the Baptist, who was, by Jesus' words, the greatest born woman. Are we getting that today? Are we getting that today? Paul really wants us to understand Ephesians. What's he want us to understand? When you go back and you study Ephesians 1 through 14, you're going to see some stuff. You're going to see the blessings of the Father. What is he giving you? What is his blessing? He's chosen you since the foundations of time. He's adopted you. He's accepted you. You're also going to see the blessings of the Son. Well, what has he done? He's redeemed you. He's forgiven you. He's revealed God's word to us. He's given us and made us an inheritance. Let's talk about that for a second. There's a concept that, that Paul writes about called the, the adoption. Now, the thing about the adoption is, is that we're not part of God's family through adoption. We're part of God's family through birth, rebirth, right? Now, adoption is a concept that is about maturing and getting to an age to receive the inheritance. Let me put it like this. At birth, we inherit the nature. At adoption, we inherit the position. Okay? So there's a process to what Paul is laying out here in Ephesians. 
We inherit by faith and then we invest by works. Jesus gave us an example of this in Matthew 14. He went up on a hillside after he had sent his disciples out across the water. Right? He went up there to make, make intercession for him. He's praying for him. Very symbolic of what he does now, what he did for us. When he ascended, he went to heaven, makes intercession for us. The disciples are on the water and it's, it's rocky and it's crazy and it's, the wind's blowing, everything's nuts. And around about the fourth watch, Jesus comes walking out on the water. Now, water in the Bible is typically symbolized as uh, the world or the sea. You know, it's people. It's, it's all the craziness. It's the chaos that we live in. Right? And where's that at in, with Jesus? It's under his feet. Right? He steps out to the disciples. Peter recognized him and said, Lord, if that's you, call me and I'm going to come out there. See, see, Peter's getting it. He's starting to understand. This is a process that I'm going to receive the inheritance that God has for me. Jesus says, come on. As long as his focus is in Christ, he's walking on the water. The chaos, the trouble of this world is under his feet. In the authority that Christ gives him. When he takes his eyes off Christ, we know he begins to sink. Jesus is like, it's a process. There are things that you can have now. There's an inheritance that you have now. There's an inheritance that you are going to grow into. The, the worst thing about an inheritance is that, is that you don't ever use it or you don't ever mature to the fact where you get it, right? You can't give a three-year-old an inheritance, right? They need to mature. They have to have an understanding of what it's about. That's Paul's challenge is Step up to your inheritance. Step out on the water. You may sink a little bit every once in a while, but don't let that stop you from climbing. Keep coming. Ephesians 15 through 23 is this prayer. And, and Paul wants us to, to grow in wisdom and understanding. What does he want us to know? He wants to know the hope of our calling. Christ, God calling us. It's the foundation of the time. He has called us before the foundations of the world. The riches of that inheritance, just as Pastor Kevin was talking about, that inheritance comes in a lot of ways. We think salvation, and salvation is a big blanket word, but let me break it down for you just a little bit. There's, there's three ways of salvation that we have. Number one is justification, which is the forgiveness that Pastor John was talking about. That justification, right? What is that? That's for us. That's power for us. That, that, that saves us from the punishment of sin. Walking it out, there is a salvation that is sanctification. This is part of the process. That sanctification is, is, is freedom from the power of sin. Okay? So you got justification, which is, which is by all we did was sin to get that. Jesus did every bit of this, right? We did the sin and he did the saving. We're justified, saved from justice. We're saved from the, 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 the uh, punishment of sin. Sanctified, we're saved from the power of sin. And we will be glorified, which will be salvation from the presence of sin. That is what is to come. This is a process. Right now we're walking, and Paul is addressing those who are walking in that sanctification process. We're free from the power of sin. We're not subject to the chaos of the world. We have the authority that God gave us, that Christ gave us, and we can walk on the chaos. Because it's under our feet. 
It's under our feet. In Christ is everything you ever want, need, or will ever want. And Paul is telling us this. He's writing it to believers. But there's also this hope of salvation. See, here's the thing. You go, well, Pastor Adam, what if, I, what if I'm not elected? What if I'm not called? What if I'm not predestined? What if I don't have a relationship with God? Here's the good news. God made it available to everybody. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If you're here today and you have a relationship with Jesus, this is for you. You have power. You have authority that Christ gave you. You are co-heirs with everything that he has for you today, tomorrow, and the future, right? Amen. But if you're here and you don't have that relationship, I got good news for you. You want to know how you're elected? You want to know how you're predestined by God's hand? It's your response to the truth. It's your response to the gospel. It's your response to what Jesus did on the cross. That justification that he gives to you, that you receive by faith, but you invest it because you believe it, right? You believe by works. You invest it by works. Part of that works is stepping out and saying, yeah, I want that relationship. Yeah, I need that salvation. I can't do it on my own. I want everybody to stand with me. Stand up, close your eyes. I want to pray for you today. Powerful, powerful stuff in Ephesians. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for your direction. Father, all that you've done for us, that, that holy inheritance that comes in so many levels. Father, we want to grab hold of it. We want to dig deeper. Father, we want to uh, we want to rise to the occasion to have all that you want us to have, all that you paid for on the cross, all that we have available to us as your, as your resurrection and ascension power. Lord, help us to seize that today. Once again, thank you for joining us today for this week's message at Victory Church, where we are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond themselves, and be transformed. The only way that can happen is through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this ministry has impacted your life in any way, we would like to invite you to partner in giving towards this ministry. You can do that by visiting our website at victory.church give, or download our Victory Church app and select Give. Once again, thank you and God desires for us to live life to the full.